hidethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our first part in a six-part series about how to write a book. But before we get there, if you like what we're doing, I'd ask you if you could please visit the site wrongtermmemory.com or buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrongtermmemory. And I don't want to say donation, we're not a charity, but if you could leave us a tip, it would help with hosting costs, basically, is what um, we spend our money on. But, Colin, how are you, mate? I'm very good, mate, yeah, not bad at all. I'm looking forward to this, actually. This is going to be quite interesting, I think, so right into this one very much indeed and we couldn't ever do a pod about writing a book without inviting our friend along who has done just that written a very good book uh, martin ramsey martin welcome to wrong term memory thank you boys lovely to be on a couple of media magnates like you it's good to good to be uh, uh good to be here you're taking over oh we're, we're trying. trying we're trying yeah <laughs> it's not as um it's not as quick as i would like to be perfectly honest with you but these things these things take time Martin, I asked you to come on and I asked you to sort of break down the writing process into six parts, basically. So what part are we going to be looking at today, part one? Well, we're going to start at the beginning, obviously. And do you actually have an idea? Um, You two guys are creative people. Um, I'm sometimes creative. I'm sure you've had many pod ideas where you've thought in that moment for at least a day or two, this will work, this is absolutely brilliant. And then by the end of the week, you say, no, that, 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 that actually won't fly at all. We all go through these uh, the, these creative moments where we're absolutely convinced of something. So it's really just to, to establish exactly that. Uh, do you have something that, that's going to last the, the, the pace of the writing process? Because um, it, it can be pretty pretty intense. Speaking about ideas then, what do you think of this guy called Joe Bovino, who wrote a book in 2012? Basically, this guy is a pickup artist, which, I'll be honest, never fucking heard of before. He wrote a book about women of the USA and how to seduce them, basically. Is that a good idea, Colin? <laughs> it's No, I, I definitely don't think it's a good idea. Um I had a wee look into this guy, because like you, I, I didn't know of him either. He's, he's actually a little bit more um, specific than that. His book is actually about how to find and identify the right Latina to update. <laughs> right, okay. um, it goes into that much detail, and it's pretty horrendous, some of the stuff he says. He does describe the, the Latinas of America as being of a completely different species, and he puts them into 14 different categories of Latina. Jesus Christ. Well, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favourite things over on, on Heart and Hand um, uh, or, other, or other shows is to get Martin to read reviews of things, basically, Martin. So I sent you a couple of reviews of this book. Can you read them, please? <laughs> sure. Um, Emma Gray, writing in the Huffington Post, said, Maybe the worst book ever. <laughs> which oh, short and sweet, man. Yeah. Okay, gets to the point. Uh, Lindy West and, and Jezebel called the book's FEQ page the most perfect combination of gleeful sexism and clueless racism ever committed to internet paper. <laughs> I like the, the phrase internet paper. I think that that, that has a, a certain charm to it. Um, <laughs> my flatmate at the time um, 
had this book, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, no way. Uh, and someone who doesn't need, didn't need help, he's married with a family now, um, but certainly doesn't need it now, but didn't need any any kind of academic uh, research and his ability to um, find companions, um, shall we say. But I, I do I, I do remember it being in the flat. I'd, I'd, I'd never read it. Um, maybe I should have, but uh, no, uh, is this where Negan comes from? This this concept of Negan that you, uh, if you see someone attractive, you oh yeah, uh, that, that kind of thing. Like um, you know, I don't know, I notice the readings, but say yeah, look probably better than someone else or, or something like that, that. That oh, there's an interest, but you know, I must, uh, uh, I, I must, uh, you know, look into that. And I, I must kind of follow that up. What do you mean? What What do you mean? How can I How can I be better? Kind of thing. You kind of got them hooked. It is. It seems a very reductive idea, uh, and I'm not surprised that the the reviews are as uh, scathing as they were. He calls the he calls the activity of what he does chica spotting. Chica, fuck sake! <laughs> yeah, need to put that in inverted commas. Like we're just quoting from this absolute ticket by the sounds of it. Martin, we do a wee book club here, I suppose. Go to try to put you in the spot. What is? Have you got a favourite book? I've two. <clears throat> Listen, I'm terrible for fiction. Um, I don't read as much fiction as I would like. Uh, I guess from an early age, the movies and TV did a good enough job um, at, at conveying stories to me, uh, and I let them do all the work. So I'm pretty lazy there. When it comes to non-fiction, I'm I'm pretty heavy into it, and my my, my bookshelves would uh, uh, be testi- uh, testament to that. Clive James is my favourite writer of all time, um, and he he brought out this book in 2006, I think, called Cultural Amnesia, which was really an introduction to guys you'd heard of, people that you'd never heard of, writers, philosophers, artists, thinkers, uh, musicians, whatever, um, and, and bringing them all together into this uh, the, the, this one compendium of, of essays, and it would be one of the, the things that grabbed first um, when, you know, leaving a, bur- a burning house. Also, Woody Allen's complete prose, um, short stories, thoughts, I think it combines three books into to, to the one and it's easily the funniest collection of pages that have ever been bound together. So I suppose therein lies a sort of a bit of a dichotomy then. Can you separate that the idea having a great idea and what Woody Allen has done there from the who he is basically? Kind of a little bit like separating the artist from Michael Jackson or whatever, you know, there's 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 issues there with the author there are and this is a whole other podcast um i i think uh yeah. but yeah it is an interesting one i mean you know, there are plenty um if you go into the, the higher arts wagner being an obvious um issue with some of his thoughts and and, and beliefs at the time but, but no it doesn't stop annie hall being a brilliant film um it doesn't stop those um stories being being genius but again the, the, I, I would dare to say that the Woody Allen story is, is maybe not quite as clear-cut as as some of the others as some yeah right man we've got you on here because you are an author what was your idea hello 
friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. Yeah, tell us about your book, basically, because we've not mentioned it yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be quick on this. But, um, <clears throat> my book's a football one, it's about Rangers, it's called the, the 50 Greatest Rangers Games. It came out of a, a podcast, of course, we we uh, have podcasts on, on the same network in, in heart and hand, and I my, my one was about Rangers games and, and having someone on that had been to that game or, or Rangers games of the past and try to get their experiences of that and um, reassess, uh, reevaluate the game in particular. And by the end of 2018, I'd done about 50 of these shows and I'd done a lot of work on this. There was a lot of work and a lot of notes been been, been taken and a lot of these perspectives kind of coll- uh, collected. And I produced a series of shows before Christmas of 2018 called The 50 Greatest Rangers Goals, where we got our listeners to vote. And we put these shows out before Christmas and they were, I think, quite successful, quite a big hit. Um, so I knew that in 2019 I would do the same the, the following Christmas, uh, but for, for games. And I don't know how, it just came to me one morning at the start of March of that year, uh, I've written or I've, I've, I've some, so many notes, I've got so many conversations about some of the games that would feature, I'm sure maybe there's a book in it, maybe there's, there's a way of, of kind of collecting a lot of the work that I've already done and would continue to do, maybe there's something in this. Uh, I asked our mutual friend, David, um, and he said, no, I don't think so, mate, which was very helpful. Um, <laughs> I, I, went, I went to the publisher anyway uh, and said, look, Here's, here's where I am, here's where heart and hand is, here's where maybe the exposure is, is there something in this? Uh, and I remember I was, I was at Ibrox that, that night um, and I remember getting an email from, from the publisher saying, I think there might be, you know, um, I've copied in the editor, um, let's, have a, let's have a chat. Basically what, what she asked me to do was, was write a couple of sample chapters. Um, I wrote three in the end of games that I knew would make it. I would be astounded if they hadn't made the list. And it was the best advice uh, I've been given in the, in the whole process uh, because I didn't know what this book would look like. I didn't, other than I'll just write about these 50 games, whatever they, they, they turn out to be. But once I get into it uh, and once it's something, not on paper, obviously, but it was on the screen, something finished, um, I, I was very happy with. And I'd sent it to two or three of our, our friends, uh, kind of older Rangers fans, where maybe my target audience was, it was, does this make sense? And to be honest, even if they came back and said, I'm not so sure, I, I was convinced. I knew I had something, but it wasn't until I'd actually written, I don't know, eight, 9,000 words by that point without these three these three sample chapters that, no, there, there, there's something in that. Um, I sent those off. The editors have come back and said, yeah, let's, let's do it then. Let's, um, let's move forward. Um, and... What they always ask you to do uh, at the start when you're, you're kind of agreeing the contract, um, you're also looking at timescales and all that. But she asked me to write a 
a description, a blurb, basically. Um, now, again, that would be the last thing I changed before it went to print, but it was so helpful um, to just try and sum this project up in a paragraph. And in writing that paragraph, my whole concept for the book changed. Um, I knew I didn't want it to be 50 match reports because you could get those anywhere. It was yeah. always going to be kind of 50 essays, 50 retrospectives on, on these games. But in doing that paragraph and trying to sum this thing up, forcing myself to write it, I knew then it would be an explanation as to why these games resonate, why some don't. And really, I, I let the, 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 the listenership choose these games and then I try to make sense of them. And there would be an arc pretty much running the, the, the way through these these chapters. And I knew in writing that, that, that simple thing as an exercise that I had a bigger and a better idea for, for what I actually wanted to produce. And it's you might have this idea, but actually forcing yourself to just throw it out there. What's this going to look like? What would a sample chapter look like? Write me the blob now before you've even written a word. It's really, really helpful in getting a, a real sense um, of, of what you want and testing the idea. Because as I said, the three of us, I'm sure, have had a hundred ideas that we've never committed to the airways or never committed to print because when we've thought about it a wee bit more, uh, that, that, that doesn't quite work. Or it, it mutates into something else. Um, so it's forcing yourself to actually commit to it in, in, in paper. That um, that blurb um, part of that story, Martin, is really interesting to me because, although similar to yourself probably, I did imagine that would be a, a summarising job that you would do at the end to let's find something short and snappy that's going to bring eyeballs to this and make people buy it. But to actually get the advice to do it at the start, to give you a sort of a North Star to sort of guide your writing towards, yeah. it's it's actually very, very clever when you think about it. Uh, it makes sense, but I have never thought of a blurb in that manner. I've never thought of it really as a marketing tool. So that yeah. that is really interesting. You said you spoke to our mutual friend who is, is also a, a published author to get advice. Turns out his advice wasn't very good, but... I'm, I'm a big fan of advice. I, I don't think anybody ever really comes up with anything brand new or truly original. There's always somebody that's done something similar or has some advice. So I, I'm a big fan of taking on feedback, taking on other people's ideas and trying to manipulate them and change them around and think of some offshoots from them sort of thing. Found some examples of advice given to offers. Quite keen to get your idea on them. Uh, the first one is um, rejection is part of a writer's job description. You'll get it from reviewers, readers, editors, bookstore owners, advertising newsletters, and even your brother-in-law. Get used to it. Um, or your friend. You're a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how how did that come into your process? Because you're, I, I don't know, I think you, this was the first book you ever tried to do, and it became a book. So maybe rejection wasn't such a thing for you. Um, not in that, not in that literal sense. The first publisher I went to, they picked it up, so... Yeah, there's there's no J.K. Rowling story here, um, uh, sadly not either in, in the, the bank account um, states. <laughs> uh, uh, so so no, but the, the the advice is solid just in terms of that that process that I was talking about shaping shaping that idea um, because it wasn't it wasn't how I envisaged it in March. I mean, I, this, this deal was agreed at the end of April, right? Um, Easter weekend. So that's the best part of two months of, of, of past since I first thought of this in the shower and then sending something back in a, in a, in a contract that this is what it's going to look like. Um, and 
you can't be too precious about it and you can't be too fixed to it because you, you will there's a good chance you'll come out with something better if you, if you do listen to that or someone says I'm not I'm really sure this is going to work um but you're right in in, in my one experience of doing this uh, or I've, I've got my second book commissioned now but um I, I've not had that that that, that immediate rejection no uh, but the other see it's a challenge because you, you might have to um you might have to adapt a wee bit yeah the other big sort of advice that you that seems to get parried about as well is write what you're passionate about follow your passion write about what you know you're a i hope you don't mind me asking you are quite a cunning linguist martin uh you you are very good with words that putting your point across so do you agree with that do you think you could create a book as intriguing and as interesting to others if it was a book about rafe rovers or shrewsbury town um <laughs> Probably not. Let's be honest, because um, the heart wouldn't be in it, and there's no way I would give the best part of a year of my life and 140,000 words on on Shrewsbury Town because it's, it's not that interesting. Um, but the the right about what you know, uh, people kind of mock that advice and say, well, you know, how do people come up with science fiction? Well, that, that's a setting, isn't it? It, it, it? There are still themes that the people feel very strongly about, and and and, and points that people want to, to try and make through art. Um, and, and that's what, what, what drives those projects. Um, but I think even in my book, and Jack's done a very good um, showbiz thing here by talking about the book, and, and I've never read a, a word of it. It's, it's very... Um, <laughs> yeah, that came from the other day. I will buy it at some point, mate. Just awful friend. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the, 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 the book isn't just about Rangers, right? There are references in there. To just talk about Clive James uh, a minute ago, there's Albert Camus pops up, Philip Larkin pops up, uh, pops up. Um, there, there are a whole host of things um, that I thought were relevant to the point I was trying to make in in each each chapter. Uh, so again, it was bringing other interests into it, Colin, I, I suppose, um, because I'm a big believer that that sport produces a kind of drama, the kind of emotion that cinema telly as much as i love them can sometimes only dream of doing and it it, it, it should really kind of sit along the humanities as a as a as an interest so so why why would they not chuck in some some other references from from other other elements of of the arts and philosophy and whatever else because i i still think they're relevant so um i i try to bring in a whole host of interest in this but but essentially the point's right i think <laughs> right okay from from what i've heard because i've not read it um, it's a it's a great book, but we'll we'll wrap it up for part one here, and um, <laughs> we will be back with you uh, next week, I think, with with part two. So, Con, cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. See, see you soon. And Martin, we'll speak to you soon as well, mate. Thanks, Jay. Look forward to. Only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com. <laughs>